0: Orphan Black, the next chapter, is back for season two, and it's bigger than ever. The official continuation of the hit TV show stars Emmy Award-winning actress Tatiana Maslany as all of the clones. And this season, she's joined by original TV show cast members Jordan Gavaris as Felix, Evelyn Brochu as Delphine, and Christian Brune as Donnie. Season two picks up where season one left off with... Spoiler alert, the secret of the clones finally exposed to the general public. Hundreds of previously unaware clones grapple with the news that they are part of a massive military science experiment. Meanwhile, anti-clone protesters fight to have the clones' rights restricted. Caught in the middle, the Sestras want peace. And when an unforeseen threat turns their world upside down, they must join forces with former enemies to protect the ones they love. Orphan Black, the next chapter, is available right now wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to listen and subscribe or visit realm.fm for more information. The following panel is brought to you by the Sundance TV headquarters at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival. Enjoy!
1: All right, let's bring up to the stage. Uh, We'll start with who are we starting with? That's a good question. Who wants to come up first? (laughs) Colt, we have guest star uh, Colt Prattis. There we go. And then we have uh, is Andrew next? We have director Andrew Ahn. and let's do a co-creator and co-star Shoshana Stern. And then co-creator and co-star Josh Feldman. All right guys, here we are at the Sundance Film Festival. Um, I wanna start with uh, Josh and Shoshana, and just really for the people who have not seen this close or not maybe not have heard about it, if you could just talk a little bit about how you started it, how you started uh, with the show, where it came from, how you got your ideas, and really what was the genesis of the show.
2: Uh, Josh tells that story better than me, so yeah, I- I'm going to take this one. We became really close friends about four years ago. Uh, Shoshana had already been acting for a while at that point, and I had moved to L.A. to focus on my writing career. Nothing was really happening for me at that point, and Shoshana told me that she had a script that she wanted to share with me. I hadn't shown that to anyone yet at that point, let me just put that out there. <laughs> and so I read it and I said, we should work together, we should do some type of collaboration. We were already good friends and we thought maybe we could write something you know, similar based on ourselves, our own story. So we filmed a pilot on YouTube for $250. We asked a lot of favors from a lot of friends. Uh, we put it out. Um, and a Kickstarter for it. And then Super Deluxe found us, and they funded a five uh, series web series, five episode web series. And so we brought that here to this film festival last year, and we, because we had the opportunity to show the web series here at Sundance last year, Sundance now saw it, and then the rest is history. So now we have a full first season of a show. Can you believe it, Shoshana? No, I really can't, no.
1: So, so you guys were here last year and you had a terrific experience with the, with the show that you brought. Can you talk a little bit about the difference between last year and this year and what, what it's been like now coming with this new show to, to Sundance?
2: Well, we don't have to sell the show this year. That's
0: yeah. one part, that's one big
2: difference. It's a lot less stress coming from that. We're able to really just enjoy and, you know, relax. Uh, Sundance Now has been taking such good care of us. We feel so loved and valued. We're really able to just be present and be here in the moment and really just enjoy the whole experience. So it really feels like it's almost my first Sundance experience because of that. I'm not so much in my head. I'm able to just really be here and enjoy every minute of it. It really feels full circle. The last time we were here, we were here with a web series. Uh, We hadn't met our wonderful team yet, Andrew Colt, everyone else involved. So just a lot of reflection has been happening this year.
1: Very cool. Now, Andrew, you have been to the Sundance Film Festival before. You had a terrific film here two years ago uh, called Spa Nights. What has it been like for you to come back to Sundance and now not with with an independent feature, but with uh, an episodic series? What was that like for you?
3: I mean, it's similar, right? I don't have yeah. to sell it. <laughs> <That's> true, <yeah. laughs> so there's less stress, and I've been really enjoying myself. And actually, maybe more um, significantly, this trip for me, um, you know, it, it's it's really great to have Josh and Shoshana here with me, you know, uh, and. And I was so honored that they invited me to be a part of this show and a part of this experience, um, and, and and I just really want to to you know I, I wanted to bring their vision to life, and I want to support them and and their career and what they want to do. And so for me, like being here, when I came here with Sponite, I felt like it was a lot of like me, 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 and then. Here, it's just like, no, it's like we're together. And, and I really want it to be about Josh and Shoshana and, and the amazing work that they've done. That's terrific. And-
2: but he is the king of Park City. <laughs> <laughs> he's the most par- popular person here in Park City. Everywhere we go, someone goes out to him, hi, Andrew. Hi. So I feel very lucky to just be sitting here next to me right now. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have to say, Andrew is, uh, is pretty popular in Park City, and it is because he's probably one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. And also a fantastic director, which we'll get to. But Colt, I want to talk to you uh, real quick about your experience with the show. Yeah. Um, I understand coming into the show, you had some experience with ASL. Can you talk about how that helped inform your character and how um, it helped you kind of integrate yourself with the cast and crew?
4: Absolutely. Um, I had a very small, very small amount of uh, experience with ASL. I had done a production of uh, High School Musical, they know this story, Um, and I had worked with Jeff Calhoun who had worked on, uh, who works a lot with Deaf West, uh, the theater company, and I come from a theater background. And uh, somebody that was in the show had just done a show with him, and I became friends with him, and I became so enamored with the concept of watching Jeff would stand in the back of the house at the theater and give notes. (coughs) And to Ben, to this actor, and I was like, they have a connection, none of us have. Which kind of led me to what you were asking, which is being a part of this, you're introduced to a whole new culture a whole new language and there's this whole set full of people that are actively listening because sign language asks you to be active and asks you to really pay attention it asks you to sit up and not just you know kind of hear things you have to listen and it's it's been incredible it's it's been life changing and I'm so honored to be a part of something so
3: groundbreaking so yeah i remember when when col uh, came in to audition. He had sent us like um, Like a video of him well, saying like hi, like cause my agents you know. were like
4: they want to they want to see like how your signing is and I was like, oh No <laughs> <laughs> um, And so I went I was like, well, I don't want to go in and waste their time Like if it's not as good as what they need so I just went home and wrote out a monologue that was just this is what I know, and this is why I think it's so beautiful and as a dancer, like what it means to me. And I would love to be a part of this, but regardless, I just think what you're doing, what you've written is incredible
3: and moving and so. We were, we were texting and like Josh was like, oh, his signing's pretty good. And then, and then I was like, yeah, and he's real cute too. <laughs> and then, and then when, when Colt came in.
2: We met him and then when he came in, he came and do reading with us, and I was like, oh, he smells so good, after I hugged him. And that line made it in the show, actually. <laughs> and it's also really important, you know, when we were casting the role of Ryan in particular, you know, we wanted someone, we had to believe that Ryan is in a relationship with Michael long enough to be able to fall in love and be engaged. So you have to be able to sign to you know, a certain level of fluency. So we got really fortunate with Colt. Thanks.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting because uh, Zach Gilford, who plays Kate's fiance in the show, his experience with communicating and, and ASL is a little bit different. Can you guys talk about how you use that as part of his character arc?
2: <laughs> well, uh, Zach developed his own version of sign language. Uh, we call it ZSL Zach Sign Language. He's very fluent in that <laughs> mode of communication. And I'm conversational in ZSL, so I'm still working on that. <laughs> He's very motivated, he tries so hard, he really does. I, you know, I can understand everything he's saying when we're one-on-one with him, but it's not exactly American Sign Language. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> but it really worked out fine because, you know, part of, that's part of Danny's arc as a character is he's not that fluent in the same language as his fiance is. <laughs> And it's tough when there's that language barrier, especially when you have an emotional situation come up. Uh, you know, in any type of heightened situation where you really wanna express yourself in your native language. You know, and for, it's natural for Danny to speak English, it's natural for Kate to use American Sign Language, so they have that clash there. And it shows this more authentic layer to the show. And it shows, it's more authentic that Zach is fluent in ZSL and not ASL. Yeah. <laughs> but really, we're honored to work with him as well. I'm a big fan of Friday Night Lights. <laughs> and really, we had no idea who we were gonna cast to play the role of Danny. You know, we make him go through a lot of really tough things as a character. On page, it would be really easy for the audience to hate Danny, but we didn't want the audience to hate them. You know, we're doing all these terrible things to him. We don't want him to be hated. So we had to find some way to make the audience feel for him or find some kind of connection with him. So we're trying to figure out who could take that role on. And with Zach's personality, we, we, he's obviously, you know, we needed someone who could like, obviously play football in high school or could take on that persona. We're like, what's a good football show? And we thought of Friday Night Lights instantly. And that's one of my favorite, my favorite character was the one that Zach plays on that show. And so I was like, oh my God, him. That's exactly who we need. So when we started writing it over, I kept seeing him in my face. I, that was the actor. I'd already picked him for Danny and we, we sent him the offer and he said yes. We were just, we were blown away. We were thrilled.
1: Um, when you are writing, this is for Josh and Shoshana, when you are writing uh, the scripts, what is your process like writing for, for Kate and Michael? Does, Josh, do you write for Michael and, and Shoshana, do you write for Kate, do you write for both characters? What is, what is the process like for you?
2: Uh, we both write for both characters. It's nice to have you know, a partner when you're working on a script where you can get different perspectives from time to time. We would often you know, have, we'd break the storyline, we'd take a minute, we'd do our own thing for a minute, and then we come back together and we kind of merge the craft. And the ending result was always from both of our works coming together. Sometimes um, Shoshana would have something to say about Michael, I would have something to say about Kate, you know, vice versa. What's interesting about watching this show too is after everything's been said and done, is that one of Michael's best lines is from me, and some of Kate's best lines are from Josh. So you can really see the characters better when you're not a part of it. You can kind of take that step back and... You know, we really feel protective and we deeply care about both characters. We have an equal investment in both of them. You know, I can stand up for Michael. You know, I could say and that's not how Michael is if someone tries to say something negative about him. It's, it's more we're, we're team Michael, and he's more team Kate. Yeah,
1: <laughs> so. uh, And Andrew, uh, could you talk a little bit about the look of the show, and also what I find is so fascinating, the sound design of the show, and, and how you kind of approached
3: that, and how you approached
1: um, these unique perspectives that the show brings.
3: Yeah, you know uh, we worked with a uh, really wonderful cinematographer bruce terry chung and then um our uh, other cinematographer judy fu for the first two episodes and you know <clears throat> we thought a lot about you know uh like what is this world and we really wanted the world to feel like the world that we live in you know it wasn't going to be something super stylized because my fear then would be that people would watch the show and be like oh deaf people live in this other world you know and not this one. And so we really wanted to have it feel super grounded. We thought a lot about um, uh, how the visuals were going to be determined by the characters. And so, you know, uh, Michael is often shot in um, this kind of nervous handheld, um, while Kate uh, is often shot more with a static camera because she's more put together and proper, you know. And so we really wanted to, to Take the cues from a, a character point of view, um, and then we thought a lot about like the conversations and and this idea of people being like in a bubble. Um, and there's a there's an interesting challenge in um, filmmaking uh, when you uh, are doing scenes in, in sign language, uh, where um, like you can't be super tight, you know, because then you'll lose the hands, um, and then you also. Um, <coughs> Uh, y- y- there 's no such thing as an off screen line mm-hmm. you know like y- if you want to understand the line, you really have to see it um, and so you know we thought a lot about like two shots and how do we see them together in the frame you know um, and 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 so then the challenge became how do we uh, you know, pace the conversation, the dialogue, and, and and so that was just like the the genius of working with Josh and Shoshana is that they have such great chemistry that you know they really. Um have a great flow to their conversation it wasn't something that we'd have to like manipulate in the edit and then i just like recently found out like on this trip that like both of them sign like unusually fast
2: <laughs>
3: and i will really, say really
2: like, fast yeah
3: there's like um there's like a rule where like a page of a script is usually like a minute right. and i remember like we had this really long scene and like it was supposed to be like four minutes long, and then our script supervisor was like, "It's a minute and a half," and I was like, wow. "Holy crap!" <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, and then the sound design. Um, you know, uh, I'll have Josh and Shoshana talk about this, but you know, one thing that we really wanted to do was, um, you know, have it feel like a subjective experience. And so thinking about how Kate and Michael experience sound. Um, that was really important. So we worked with an amazing sound designer, Roland Voss, and, and the Blair brothers were our composers, um, to not do what a lot of people think you know, deafness is, which is to take out all the sound. It was actually to like, do more with sound. You know? and, and I did more in the sound design and the music for this show than I've done with any other project that I've worked on. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> yes. I have very strong feelings when it comes to sound. I think the visuals are wonderful. Did uh, you see that in any type of TV or film. That's, that's a great aspect of it. One thing I always feel like isn't that authentic that I've seen in the past is you know, coming from the perspective, of course, of someone who lives their real life getting information through sound. So it's easy for me to understand why people feel like, oh, okay, so from the deaf experience, from their lens, that they're devoid of sound, that's not there. You know, when you see deaf characters on screen, typically, all the sound is off, it's completely silent. But I feel like that's not authentic, that's not my experience. I always feel like silence really is an invention of sound. Silence comes from sound. If you don't have an experience with sound, then you don't know what silence is. You know, it's really, it's full of something else. Sound is translated in your body. It's in your heartbeat. It's you know, when you rub your hands together, that, that friction, the vibrations. You no, know, really, I don't know what a silent life is like. Josh doesn't know what that's like either. You know, we have really amazing, profound conversations with the sound designer, with Roland Vosk. And so we, with all of our sound, everyone was involved in the sound. So each you know, person took on a character. Uh, we had two brothers that worked with us, one took on Kate, one took on Michael. And so to, to clarify those different relationships they have with sound, and they would ask us questions like, you know, what do you think sound is? What is your experience? So they were asking us all of these questions, and from their, our answers, that's how they set up the sound design from that, you know, because sound isn't a different experience for everyone. It really, you know, it depends on what you experience, how you experience that, and it's really interesting.
1: So one of the things I wanted to ask you about was um, playing Michael's mother in, in the show is Marley Matlin. And Marley Matlin, of course, the Oscar-winning star uh, and actress. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about what, what she has meant to you and what, in general, representation means to you and, and how she and what, what you're doing here, why you think it matters. And really, that's a question for everybody.
2: The reason we wanted to write this show is because we felt like everyone needs and everyone deserves to see themselves on the screen. No matter how much you can hear, no matter how much you see it, no matter who you love, it doesn't matter what your background is, everyone deserves to see representation of themselves on screen. 95% of disabled characters on the screen are played by able-bodied actors. And even, With myself, I've had good luck with the acting I've done and the characters I've been cast before. You know, I've been able to play characters that were written by deaf people. So that's another form of representation. I feel like what's happening right now with representation is really exciting. We're starting to recognize and understand that more and the lack of it and the need to have it. And that relationship of representation is starting to, you know, really, and with Marley Matlin, we wanted to have that there with Michael's mother. When she was there, when I watched her accept her Oscar on stage, I saw this deaf woman on stage accepting an award. I was able to see myself, and I will never forget that moment. And for Josh, do you want to talk about your experience? When we developed the character of Annie, that's Michael's mother. We wrote that for Marley. She was a person we had in mind to play that, and we were lucky that when we sent her the material, you know, Michael's relationship with his mother is not that great in the show. we were hoping we were going to be able to capture that on the screen and Marley brought some kind of you know really beautiful uh you know form of weakness into it and vulnerability it was my first time acting so i was nervous and but i was able to make that eye contact with her and it was a privilege to work with her and everyone i'm excited for everyone to see what she does and what she brings to the character of michael's mother
3: she was such an honor to work with and and you know just was so um, like generous on set and, uh, and, and, and I think you know for me it was just so great to see um, you know like a, a family on screen um, uh, you know in this way, and then uh, Moshe Kasher plays um, uh, Michael's brother, and, and it was just like, it's, the Thanksgiving episode is one of my favorites.
2: My, um, so Moshe is a coda, which means a child of a deaf adult, so his <coughs> parents are deaf. So he is fluent in American Sign Language, that's his first language. And one of my, um, you know, my first out-of-body experiences <laughs> was when we were filming a scene in the car. I think we were sitting, uh, me and Andrew <laughs> were sitting there, we were watching Marley and Josh, and we're watching everyone just signing in the car and having their scene all overlapping with Moshe as well, these three characters. And I was like, Andrew, I have never seen this on a screen before. Yeah. So anyways, I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> continue.
3: <laughs> but I mean, I think that's, it's so important and it's what Shoshana said earlier, where it's like everybody deserves to see themselves on screen and, and everybody deserves the opportunity to tell their story. Um, and there's a moment in um, the first episode of the show where you know, jo- uh, Michael has written this um, graphic novel, um, and uh, someone in the audience says, like, you know, why didn't you make your main character deaf? And and Michael says it would have been harder to sell. And I think that that was really true and, and, and really blocked a lot of people from being able to um, see themselves on screen. And so that's why I'm so thankful for Sundance Now, like just believing in this and, and making that statement no longer true. And, and I think that that's um, so exciting and that's a journey that Michael goes through as a character and, and, and is happening in the real world today.
2: I've been writing since I was a little boy. But I have never once written something with a deaf character in it. Short story, script, no matter what I wrote, it never had a deaf character because I never saw that in any of the books that I read or the movies that I saw growing up. So I didn't even know how to go about doing that. I was conditioned by what I'd been seeing on screen and reading in the books. And I I had been conditioned to think that it was hard to sell deaf characters. So this was the first time that I've ever written something about deaf people. And I'm really excited to start continuing that. We got um, a note, a brilliant note from Sundance Now about one scene, they said, you know, we need to understand more about why Michael doesn't do that, why he didn't write a deaf character into his graphic novel, we don't get that. And so we were struggling with that back and forth, trying to explain that, and I said, Josh, why didn't you write a deaf character in this? And he said, because it'd be harder to sell. (laughs) Those were the actual words that I said. (laughs) So we said, okay, done, put that in the script, that's gotta be in there. It was very meta. (laughs) (laughs) And that comes from what we've heard before, from our own experience. When we were trying to pitch the show before we shot it, people had said, you know, I don't really understand why the character is deaf. Why do they have to be deaf? You know, we can just sell it and then cast any hearing actor to play that role. Like, why does the the show have to be about deaf people? It doesn't need to be about them being deaf. I don't get it. We would often get that response. So it was very very meta of us.
4: With that, that's... That was one of the things, like, reading the script the first time I got the opportunity to do it, it's a beautiful story, as, as it is, regardless of anything else. You just, you, you're, the show, a lot of times when I explain it to people at first so that they don't just go, oh, I know what it is, when you say, oh, it's a show, show by these two deaf actors, writers, creators, because then some people will kind of turn off and be like, oh, I, I get it. You're like, no, this is a show about relationships interpersonal, interpersonal relationships, this is family, this is, I mean it's, it's so much about that and it just happens to take place from the main perspective of two deaf people and I think that it expands the frame of reference for the audience and I know we've talked about this quite a bit, um, it expands the frame of reference for everybody also that gets to work on the set and our set had, many, it wasn't just like, they weren't the only two deaf people on set, they were deaf people on the, like we had deaf PAs, we had, um, I mean, we had deaf hair and makeup, we had, I think it was all over the crew, it was everywhere. So you have this community of people that are learning and expanding their frame of reference. And I think when people watch this, thanks to Sundance now, just going fully in and not even thinking twice about it, just saying, this needs to be told. I think that this is a story, because it's written so beautifully, that's going to reach people in a way that they're they're not going to expect. I think they're gonna learn more than they plan on going into it learning, and a good show does that.
1: So Andrew, you you talked before about um, framing the the, the language and and, and the motion. Can you talk a little bit about the the ASL master that was on set, and and what the the role of the ASL master was?
3: I'll I'll say a little bit, but Colt spent so much time with Yeah. (laughs) too. You know, our our ASL master was really there to uh, you know, they, they say they're kind of like the script supervisor of sign language, but it's more than that. You know, it's really about thinking about how what's on the script gets translated into sign language. And, and you know, I, I really relied on um, on our ASL masters, and Alexandra Wales, who is brilliant and an amazing actress in her own right, um, was just um, so, uh, like, calm and cool and, and insightful. Um, and you know, there's an amazing moment in uh, the season. Um, it's like an ASL one through ten, and I, I, in the script, I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know what this is." And you know, Alexandria and Moshe created this beautiful, hilarious story that, like. You know, on the script, I, I didn't understand it. And then watching it in the show, I'm just like, oh, like, this is such a, a beautiful moment of witnessing, you know, a part of deaf culture. And that to me is, you know, uh, it, was, it was just a joy to uh, to, to work with and, 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 and collaborate with Alexandria. She was, she was my lifesaver
4: <laughs> for, for so many reasons. But uh, especially, so Ryan's journey, my character's journey is, is very different from... Uh, Zach's journey or or Danny's journey in that Danny really doesn't you know pick up sign language as much especially for the amount of time that he's you know been there he's got a ZSL and he just sticks with it but Ryan is the type of person who does want to learn everything and does want to be in as much and I think it's about the communication which is so much again of what the show's about is the communication and or lack thereof again within relationships but so Ryan, over the course of especially one of the episodes uh, that you know has a timeline, but over the course of the season learns more and more and more sign. Um, and signs are just like any other language. It's, there's slang, there's different terminology as you learn more and more and as you become more comfortable with it, um, there's different ways to sign things. And uh, Alexandria was instrumental in that. I had my first lesson with her and I remember being terrified going into it because as a hearing person on set, like I was like, I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to, what am I going to, what if I don't know what's going on, if I don't understand? And she's just so incredible. First off, she's the most beautiful signer I've ever seen. She, her signing is stunning and she just makes it feel like music. It's, it's, and it made me, it put me at ease and over the course of everything, she just introduced me to so much about the culture just by way of my lines. It's not just a vocabulary. It's not like there's a set vocabulary it. It was incredible. And I mean, she even, there were shots where she would come to one of you and be like, maybe in this, do this just for the purposes of,
2: yeah. Yeah, she'd bring it up, or maybe put your hands up, maybe put them down. A common misconception is that, oh, you know, an ASL master, they're there to help the hearing actors learn how to sign. But she helped us instrumentally as well. She was helping the director. She was there for everybody. She was a wonderful person to collaborate with. She'd say, hold on, you know, I want to look at the shot, make sure we're able to see the signs right. Okay, now let's move forward. She's really made everything come together. This is a bilingual show we're using both English and American Sign Language. And it's important for us when we're making decisions you know, to see in that moment which language we're using in that moment. So with Michael and Ryan, they have these deep emotional moments. They're using sign language because Ryan is trying to learn that language. And then with Kate and Danny, when they're having emotional moments, Danny starts uh, you know, diverting back to using English. So we wanna see those moments where we wanna see sign language more in this moment or maybe English more in this moment. We have to be careful about finding those specific moments and when we make those decisions and be careful about what language we decide to use in each moment. We really had to map out everything. Alexandria had to do that. She looked at everything to figure out, okay, in this moment, we're gonna do this, and in this moment, um, you know, trying to figure out, you know, which characters are signing what part within the show and, and really create this arc with it. It was amazing.
1: Wanted to ask Josh about uh, being a first-time actor, and obviously you are—you uh, are giving a performance that you for a character you created and as a writer, you created an incredible, uh, incredible character that really got into a lot of situations that must have been incredibly challenging for an actor. So, first of all, of course, you're brilliant in it. What gave you the confidence to do that, and how, what was that experience like knowing that you were writing it on the page and would have to then act it out later on?
2: Honestly, I didn't even think about what I was going to have to do as an actor. I was, that wasn't even in my head when I was writing. There was one point where I was writing a scene and I looked at Shoshana and I was like, I'm going to have to do this on set. And she's like, yeah, you're going to have to do that. I'm like, well, shit, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I was so proud of the show and what we created and the story that we wanted to tell that I knew that you know, I would do whatever my best. I wanted to give it justice. would do whatever I needed to. So I dove delve right in. You know, what's make the characters the best? I wanted to try my best and do the best service to the show. So I just dove right in. I really don't know how to explain my experience as a first-time actor, but I mean, it it worked out for the best, I think. I think one nice thing about, you know, going through so different, um, you know, different versions of the show, we started with the YouTube pilot and then we went to a web series and then we're here now, obviously. So we really understood the characters so well. We developed a relationship with them. We knew them through and through. We weren't writing it for Josh and Shoshana. We were writing it for Kate and Michael. So we wrote the whole show in six weeks. So we didn't have time to be thinking about what we were going to be doing as actors, you know. We wrote it and then realized, I'm going to have to actually act all of this material that I wrote. Like, okay, all right, yeah, let's shift gears now and, and move into that.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's almost like the the web series could have been the character's backstory uh, for you. And and Andrew, when you saw the web series, did you use that to inform how you treated these characters or was it completely kind of fresh going into the series uh, as is? Yeah,
3: the, the web series, which I think is so funny and beautiful, you know, for me, what I uh, took away from it and, and knew that I wanted to... Um, to keep intact uh, was um, their rapport, you know, and how much they cared about each other, um, and, and that, to me, you know, I knew was going to be the kind of substance that could sustain a longer show, you know. Um, and, and so uh, I think it, it was making sure that we kept that, and 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 you know, even kind of expanded that, um, and then kind of. Decided to to look at it from a different perspective. I do think you kind of have to throw some things away, and you know, uh, we worked with different actors. It was a you know a different crew, and, and there was uh, a different tone that we were looking for. Um, and so, you know, I think that was the the challenge of um, not getting caught up in what was done before, but just like progressing and feeling good about the the development and, and moving with that momentum.
2: We actually f- threw a lot of the materials out. We kept the characters, but they're at a different time in their life. So from the web series to now, we threw out a lot of things, all the challenges they're going through. You know, we realized that we needed to change the actors as well. We loved the actors we worked with on the web series, but because the characters had changed so much, we needed more space to play with that. You know, for what was gonna work <clears> for a seven minute you know, web series was not gonna be the same for a 22 minute platform. So we needed to do a complete shift with our characters. And at the same time, you know, it was nice. It gave Andrew the freedom to put his own signature on it as well and to have a really collaborative effort on it. The web series was really light. It, it holds a very special place in my heart, but it, it was very light. So we knew that we had a bigger stage to play on now. And you know, we wanted to, to talk about challenges we faced every day. We wanted it a little bit darker. We wanted to give those characters more room to play and have more challenges to face and things they had to deal with. And so that changed a lot with our characters, having the space to do that.
1: So I want to open up to questions, if, if people have questions. Uh, do we have a microphone that we want to? Right okay. there, there we go. We well, start right in the front here. here
5: you go. How are we doing? Thank you, I appreciate that. <clears throat> First thing that came to mind, and I don't know if this is in play and part of it or whatever, because I just seen the trailer, is perhaps right here on stage where as you are signing, narratively, there could have been a narrator, I thought, to be more expressive, to bring the show more life. Was that a, a consideration from the start, when when they began to write when you began to direct or, you know, others were looking at the show? Is, is the question, like, if there was... Well, if there's cons- some consideration or thought to having a narrator... Talking while she is signing, you know, continually th- through the show. Likewise with him, that there would be a, like, a female would narrate as she's signing for the audience to get more of what is going like on. A likewise with you like mean? a voiceover Like a Yeah, like a voiceover. Or something. I, I think we were very clear. I was just curious. We never wanted that. Okay. You know? That's it's, fair. I was just. It's, yeah, it's, that's, it's a a that's something that came to mind though yeah. Yeah. immediately when I seen it. So.
2: No. Yeah. It's a very cool question. Definitely. Uh, but it feels a little bit like cheating. You know. Like with uh, foreign films, for example, for me, sorry, the same for me. So when I'm watching a movie, or when I watch movies here in America, when. Speaking. It's like a foreign film to me when people are speaking. So I don't really delve into the movie as much. You know, I forget that they're speaking. I just dive right into the movie and just get captivated by what's happening, by their relationships, by their experience, whatever they're going through. So I'm hoping to introduce that experience that I have watching movies to those who maybe don't know sign language. I want them to watch and forget that the characters are using sign language. I want them to become so, you know, just invested in the show that they're focused on the characters and what's happening. And with a voiceover, that takes away from that experience. I also want to clarify, uh, the two people over here, they're called sign language interpreters. And on the show, you'll see how interpreters are used from time to time. Uh, In personal situations, we don't always use interpreters. It might be more of like a professional setting, like right now, for example, we have the interpreters on stage with us. Um, You know, we want to have access to what everyone's saying. But on the show, we use interpreters for specific situations. We're not using interpreters for every part of our daily lives, and you'll see that come into play. Yeah, right here. Hi. since a large part of acting is involves listening, um, do you feel that? Uh, and since in signing there has to be this sort of extra element of attentiveness um, in order to be with the other person, do you feel like, in a sense, that gives you an advantage because you're already very tuned into each other, and then also? To you, do you feel like that being involved in this show and in the signing dynamic and so forth has given you any sort of added dimension to your listening as an actor?
4: Okay, um, absolutely, yes. And every in every facet, this show has grown as an actor, um, as an not just as an actor, but as a as an artist and just as a person, as a communicator. Um, but it's also, I come from, uh, I had kind of mentioned a theater background and dance, and so expression through movement was a, a big part of my life, but the thing that I loved was the day that I met them, there is that attentiveness that is so beautifully natural that you immediately feel connected, because <laughs> Shoshana used to make jokes with Zach about, like, I don't or with Ricky, like, if if she doesn't want to talk, she just <laughs> She's like, if you're, if you're losing an argument, you lost.
2: Yeah, my husband knows, right. knows that well. He's familiar with her
4: And yeah, it, it was everything. And it, it also felt as soon as uh, as soon as Josh and I, because we spent a lot of time together in the show, as soon as we s- started working, there was there was no buffer zone. There was no anything. It was just I immediately felt connected because you do have to be, but it's not it's not hard. And I think that's something people are going to take away from the show is if you just engage, if you just are active, it's so easy to communicate. And the thing we talked about last night, sorry to sidetrack a little bit. The thing that's beautiful as a hearing person about learning sign language is that it slows you down. You're no longer allowed to just spit out whatever you want. And whether it be in an argument or otherwise, which is an interesting thing about Danny and Ryan's kind of you know, dynamic in arguments, Ryan has to go very slowly because he has to say exactly what he means because he has to sign it. And I think that's a beautiful thing that is necessary in society at large. And especially right now, that's a necessary thing for all of us to slow down a little bit and think about what we're saying and choose our words more carefully. So that was my experience.
2: I remember during auditions, we were both very surprised. We were auditioning the role for Ryan. Uh, you know the lack of eye contact from some of the men who came in to, to audition for that role. They wouldn't make eye contact with me. They would you need know, to look around. And Colt was the very first person who looked directly at me and gave me that direct eye contact. And I knew that he was going to be able to play that role because that eye contact is necessary to make that connection.
1: <laughs> uh, any other questions? Yeah.
3: So I actually had a friend. Uh, um, and again I haven't seen the series so but it just reminded me a friend like years ago she didn't know sign language but she hooked up with a guy who was deaf. So in the middle of hooking up basically they had to write notes to each other in the middle of the act to communicate. You know what I mean? And it's like it's kind of reminded me like is there any point where you actually really do have to write You know, since the communication gets (laughs) lost. And the funny thing was, is literally she found the notes years later (laughs) of like, you know, the hookup. So it's like, it was like a weird memorable thing, maybe you can use in the show, I don't know. So like, do you really have to like write to communicate sometimes? (laughs) Maybe it is in the show.
2: (laughs) I text on my phone instead of handwriting. Sometimes I will write a message on my phone. For example, if I meet a hearing person, um, before we start to get to know each other, if they don't know sign language, I'll try to gesture or maybe lip read, or we'll use our phones back and forth if all other options have failed. Um, I mean, I might have used a notepad like 15 years ago, but. (laughs) (laughs) My sister is also deaf, and she's an artist. And she makes work from that from her conversations of people she published a book full of all of her conversations with people she's talked with with the writings back and forth, so she turned that into an art form for herself.:
3: Yeah I think the first time Josh and I got drinks like it was like passing a phone back and forth and I, I, I like still have the like notes thing on my iPhone um, uh, but yeah you know what we wanted to do on set was to try and create an atmosphere of um, like learning and so you know we had a um a daily like sign of the like a sign of the day on the call sheet um you know where people could you know uh, learn something you know it's like like toilet I think like I think we had like actor stuff. all the important you know, stuff. yeah like hi <laughs> you know, but you know um, but, yeah, so for us, it was, it was about creating a, a, an atmosphere of um, showing that, like, we wanted to learn and, and that, um, you know, that uh, we were excited about the project, you know.
1: Any other questions? I have one more question, if I could ask, it, and that's uh, I want to talk briefly about the title of the show. And I know Josh and Shoshana, you came up with the title, and if you could just share with everybody how you came up with it and, and what it means, really.
2: When we first started shooting, when we did the YouTube pilot first, uh, the the characters were meeting every Friday. That was the storyline. They met on Fridays, so it was called Fridays. And then when we moved over to the web series, you know, we had a little bit of a bigger space to play. (coughs) So we called it the Chances. And then when we moved again to this larger platform, to the series, we were talking about it and trying to figure out what the title was going to be. We wanted it to capture a very specific experience within the show, you know, that uniqueness of the community that's shown and the struggles that happen with our characters. It was hard to find a title in English that really captured that experience of community. Uh, you know, it just kind of felt backwards us. So we really wanted to find a title that fit the, you know, communi- the community would use. We want it for, our, for the signing community. We want it to fit that community. We want it to come from there first. Um, so Owen said, okay, fine, You know what's, what's the title gonna be? And we said this close. You can see on his hat, Owen is sitting here in the audience. He has a hat with the sign on it. Really, it means best friends. You know, you're really close with someone. They are your very best friend. And there's many different translations for that one sign. This is the handshape here but there's no real English translation for that that we felt fits. We went through a bunch of different options and then we finally came to This Close. So the title comes from this specific sign.
1: Well, This Close premieres on February 14th on Sundance Now, Uh, sundancenow.com. Please, we hope you check it out. We're incredibly proud of it. And thank you to everyone here today uh, for sharing your experience, thank you.
0: Subscribe for more panels from the Sundance TV headquarters at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival.